everybody. Welcome to The Takeover with your girl, Shay McCray here on FUBU Radio. And y'all know what time it is. It is Monday and we are inside the room with State Representative Brandon McGee. How you doing, Brandon? What's going on, Shay? What's going on? Yes, another week of Inside the Room uh, with myself, State Representative Brandon McGee, where we always discuss politics, leadership, and culture. So yes. once again, I- I'm-, I'm glad to be back. I'm yes, glad to be and back. you have a guest with you. But before that, I see that sunshine in Atlanta. Oh, you see the sunshine? Yes, it is is shining. It is is, um, out here. And, you know, it's All-Star weekend just passed. So everybody's kind of like, I don't know. I don't know if they're on their way home. They need to get the heck out of here. So I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what the numbers going to look like. Uh, I'm I'm, I'm dying to see what these numbers is coming back. But with that being said, we have a guest today. (laughs) Yes, we do. As promised. As promised last week. Yes. a little bit about the coronavirus, the COVID-19, uh, as we call it. Uh, and and we have we have a special guest, uh, special one that I, I, I hold with high esteem. Uh, he is leading the way uh, here in the state of Connecticut. Um, but before we jump in, I, I just want to say this. As we memorialize uh, the one-year mark of the coronavirus here in the U.S., uh, we've got so much to address regarding the impact it has had on uh, many populations, especially communities of color, uh, along with health disparities revealed and the long road uh, to recovery. Uh, It's been a year already? Yeah, this month. uh, Wow. States across this country, across the world, uh, shut down. Um, And so, you know, today we have the distinct pleasure on this week's segment um, to uh, interface and engage uh, my man, 50 Grand. Um, yes. He is, he is <laughs> uh, Trinity Health of New England's president and CEO. Whoa. Uh, none, none other than Dr. Reginald Eady. Uh, so again, again, thank you all for joining me and gathering people from all walks of life to step inside the room in efforts to gain perspective on how we can educate and uplift our communities. Uh, so, so Shay, I, I quickly, I want to jump into this thing. All right, uh, well, I would like to welcome to the takeover, Dr. Reginald Eddie. Eddie, how are you? I am excellent, uh, Shay, and it's a pleasure meeting you. I look yes. jealous because you're in the sunshine ATL. Don't be jealous. Don't be jealous. They, it's a lot of people outside with this, so you might be a little bit safer, safer place than me. You know, you know when the sun come out, everybody else come out. You know how that go. <laughs> I do. <laughs> but Dr. Edie, before you jump in, I, I need the world to to hear this though, and I need our listeners who are listening throughout the world to to know who you are and your credentials. Uh, so really quickly, and I'm not going to read your your entire bio, but I want folks to understand that you are qualified. Uh, yes. So Dr. Reginald, Reginald J. Eady, uh, he is board certified in emergency medicine uh, and has 20 plus years of healthcare experience uh, that includes numerous leadership roles, um, obviously CEO uh, of uh, um, Trinity Health, um, but he's been the chief operating officer, chief medical officer, just to name a few. Um, and we're so delighted to have him here in the state of Connecticut doing the great work that he's doing. Um, I can continue reading on, but this man, he hails from South Carolina, isn't it? Or did you attend South Carolina State? I went to HBCU, South Carolina State, yes. I was about to say, just... Brandon, let the man just introduce himself. Look, look. <laughs> 
<laughs> Brandon, I, as we can see, uh, Brandon speaks very highly of you. We can see Absolutely. love. Absolutely. <laughs> First and foremost, let me say it's a pleasure to join the both of you. Uh, you know, this, I, I think this is going to be a dynamic conversation, so I'm super excited. I'm originally from Detroit, born and raised there. My parents are from the Carolinas. South Carolina State has been our family school, so I too went and graduated from there. Went back home to the D, to where I did my residency and emergency medicine, did medical school there as well. Got my MBA at Michigan State University. Uh, and, and as the representative said, I've been bouncing around through the healthcare space. Um, it, I'm, I'm an example of a, a dream coming true. I think I was uh, I was in the seventh grade, Miss Phillips, uh, when I announced uh, that I wanted to one day be a hospital president and a physician, and mm. all my classmates sure. laughed. That that was the moment I decided that I was going to prove Mrs. Phillips wrong. It turned out that I ended up taking care of Mrs. Phillips right before she passed. Wow. Whoa! Um, in the emergency department while I was working, I visited her every single day. And uh, you know, I proved to her literally on her on her deathbed that you know wow. kids are, are are special piles of clay that can be morphed into anything that their mind desires. Uh, I'm an example of that, and I'm sure that when she went on to heaven, she as uh, somewhere around as an angel supporting me because we taught her that people from communities of color can also do whatever their minds uh, put put forth to to accomplish. So. Dr. Edie, um, yeah, let's get into Dr. Edie, that's my story too. I do wow. it for the people that doubted me, and that's why I'm here. I'm, I appreciate the love. Trust me, it's bringing me far, but I do it more so for the nose. So I'm with you on that one. <laughs> yes. So, 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 Dr. Edie, um, you're here for a very specific reason, and, and to help us really unpack. COVID, coronavirus, the mistrust many communities um, have with uh, the current sort of list of medicines that or vaccinations yes. that might be available. Could you just them. quickly, <laughs> can you quickly just unpack for us, um, you know, where we are a year from, we're a year from uh, when this all started and folks were scratching their heads uh, in terms of where do we go from now? And now we're asking communities of color to take advantage of these vaccines. It's for you, you should do it. What would you say to skeptical folks who really are just like, I'm not for it, I don't care about it. And quite frankly, if we did talk about uh, the history of implicit bias in med medical care, I can talk about the Tuskegee experiment. I can talk about several other experiences really? in the black community. Mm. So can you help us, can you unpack for our audience where we are from your perspective as you lead our advisory committee here in the state of Connecticut? Yeah, so our very first case in this, in this country was in the state of Washington. One single case confirmed, one death confirmed. Uh, one month later, we were up to just over 5,000 deaths. And then by April, we had peaked in our, what I call the first surge. Uh, and then you fast forward to the second surge, and let's think about sort of how this happened, just, just to sort of unpack it, if you will. So we knew that as of October 31st, people will be gathering, right? So we knew that from Halloween, and then we went to November, Thanksgiving, went to December, Christmas, and then New Year's Eve, then New Year's Day, then Three Kings Day, we knew we could forecast a lot of this stuff. We know so much more about the about the virus and the details of this pandemic as opposed to what we did not know early on or during surge one. So we had surge two, which was which peaked higher. The curve was much wider, meaning that it lasted much longer. And I don't need to tell your audience, we have got three to 4,000 people dying every single day. Now, in order for us to get to any degree of normalcy, that is 
stop the social distancing, remove our masks from our face, and get back to whatever the new normal is going to be. We've got to reach something called herd immunity. It's important for the audience to remember what herd immunity is, first of all. Herd immunity essentially means, remember when your mother or your grandmother, when one kid in your classroom or in your family had the chicken pox? What they were doing when they forced you to play with those kids or to go to school and get chicken pox, they wanted to create herd immunity. That is that when the majority of people, we think for this pandemic, it's about 80%. Herd immunity means that the vast majority develops an immunity to a particular disease. Again, we think for, for this pandemic or coronavirus, it's about 80%. So kind of keep that number in mind. Now, so, so knowing that, there's two ways to reach herd immunity. The ultimate goal is to reach herd immunity so people can stop dying at a rate of three to 4,000 a day. There's two ways to do it. One, remember the prior administration and a the leader there said, don't worry about it. It's just going to poof, go away one day. Nonsense. That what he was talking about. I'll say it, number 45. Anyway, keep going. What he was talking about <laughs> is there's one way to, to, to reach herd immunity. And that is the way we did with chicken pox. Just let everybody get it. But yeah. when three to 4,000 people a day die, and when the majority of people proportionally are brown and black communities, that's just not the way we want to go. So for, for those that are skeptical, skeptical about the vaccine, keep that in mind. You're really supporting, in my opinion, that previous leader's notion about how to, to, to reach herd immunity. The only other way to reach herd immunity quickly and safely is through a vaccine. But that's mm. literally sort of the light in the tunnel. This is the way we get out of this mess. This is the way we cease and desist the number of colored people, or I should say people of color, excuse me, the number of people of color that are dying at a much higher rate than any other community. It's through the vaccine. So then people have skepticism. I don't like to call it hesitancy. And let me just be real clear for your audience why I don't use that term. Because when you tell somebody they're hesitant about a, new, a medication that will save their lives and their family members' lives, what you're doing, in my opinion, is you're blaming them, and then you're justifying mm -hmm. the systemic racism as to why we won't make this vaccine accessible to a certain community. So, you know, when people think that there's some racism behind the vaccine, just think about it. Go to any vaccination center across this country or across this world, regardless if it's in your community or mine, the people in line getting this vaccine don't look like me anymore. So therefore, no, they don't. It must be something okay about this vaccine. So we can talk about quality, safety, and efficacy, which I'm sure we're going to get into because we've got three vaccines on the ground right now, and I can talk about ad nauseum all three of well, them. Well, before hold on, Doctor Edie, before you get into the to the vaccines, um, you guys are getting I, me excited here. That's okay. That's okay. Um, I, I know you talked about it really kind of attacked the um, African American community, but it is. It, it, isn't it because of health factors that they, they didn't mm. in the way of life and the way they were pre eating existing yeah pre-existing that from what i know what you you got you know majority of men don't even go to a doctor so they never know half the time they are, have these existing problems um is is it that's the reason on why the the deaths are higher in those communities so so do you want me to keep it real I'll keep yes. it. I want you to keep it 100. Yes, keep no, it 100. No, that is not the reason. Let, let me tell you. Really? The only, only pre-existing condition that we should really be talking about is called racism. So Whew. it's not hypertension. It's not diabetes. It's not obesity. It is not your mm. skin color. It is not your fault. The reason why, check this out. And Brandon, you know, I know Connecticut now, just like I know Michigan. When you think <laughs> about the, the Highway Act of the 1960s, when you talk about redlining, when you talk about what created the so-called ghettos of the black and brown community, 
it's because of racism. It's because the policies that were put in place many, many years ago that cornered us into a certain area in relationship to an expressway where we had no place to go because we couldn't afford the mortgages. I'm sorry, let me take that back. They wouldn't give us access to the mortgages. Ooh, thank you. There we thank go. You. Better so choice there, of so words. There, so, therefore, <laughs> so therefore, they created these neighborhoods for us on our behalf. And it's not a coincidence that in 19, I'm sorry, in 2020, 2020. when, when the, <laughs> we peaked at the pandemic, those same neighborhoods became the hotspots because by design, systemic racism, whatever you want to call it, this is the reason why people of color are dying at a higher rate. It is not our fault, mm. it is not our genes, it is not the comorbidities. But if we want to talk about a pre-existing condition, let's just talk about one. That's racism. And I tell you, when we, when we go to our physician's office, and I'm a doctor, at some point we need to keep it real with ourselves and the people that we trust to take care of us. What are your pre-existing conditions? Racism. That should be our very first response. And if we accept that, then everything else we want to talk about, like diabetes, like high cholesterol, like unemployment, all those social determinants of health, then we can have an honest conversation with ourselves. And until then, we're going to, we listen, pandemics have been in our communities since the day Forever. we were And That's so right. this is, this the Great Depression didn't impact us. And now we're talking about lives here. We're not talking about hardship. So that's why I'm so passionate and emotional about this. Because if we don't get this and get this right now, there's going to be another pandemic in within 100 years. And we're going to see this mess all over again. And I don't know about you, but I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. Hmm. Well, um, if you're just tuning in, uh, we are uh, talking to Dr. Reginald Eady. Uh, live, uh, and he is dropping the mic. Um, Shay, yes, he is. I, I, you know, I just mm -hmm. um, racism. Um, it's funny that you even say that because, um, you know, let's do this. Let me take a break and come back because we're going to talk about how some of us just um, tapped in with the oppression, with the recent, because of the recent oppression that has taken place. And I will. Be honest with you, myself as well. If you have never experienced racism, you don't know. So you know what? Let's. I want to talk about these um, other vaccines that's available. So let's take a quick break, and when we come back. We'll um, continue on with Doctor Ed, um, Eddie. Okay. All right. You guys keep it locked. Don't go nowhere. It's your girl Shay McCray. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the takeover with your girl Shay McCray here, and you know we inside the room with State Representative Brandon McGee, and I have to first do a public apology because I'm just saying this man name all wrong, Dr. Eddie and stuff. I know he like my name not Eddie, it's Dr. Edie. You gonna give me two last names, Dr. Um Eddie, Dr. Edie. Edie I got Edie, it. Yeah. I got you now. So it's like um you know Dr. Edie. So I wanted to correct that because my co-host didn't you know, want to do that on live. <laughs> you do know you could correct me, right? Because I'm gonna correct no. you. We'll, we'll, we'll do that. We'll do that inside the room. But again, welcome well, back. And if you're not following me, make sure you follow me on Instagram, yes. Spotify, uh, Twitter, all of the social media platforms and just search inside the room with State Representative Brandon McGee. But I, I wanted to quickly jump into this idea or this this comment that Dr. Edie made with respect to racism. Uh, and throughout this country, all states, uh, municipalities, towns have declared racism as a public health crisis. And I think it is very important for people to understand through that lens uh, that this is indeed a crisis. And to that point, uh, myself, alongside the Speaker of the House and others here in the state of Connecticut are moving from declaring uh, uh, to really incorporating 
uh, equity, inclusion uh, within the many policies that we're passing through the state legislature. Uh, but I kind of want to throw it back over to you, Dr. Edie, to continue on this discussion of the different types of vaccines, uh, perhaps even you know, some of the side effects, because uh, I've heard all types of horror stories on all of them. Uh, but if you can just unpack that a little bit, that would be helpful. Pleasure. So first of all, thank you for that work. And whomever you're working with, please high five them on my behalf uh, and on behalf of the citizens in the state of Connecticut, because I think the very first step we need to do is to, is to admit that uh, we are in the midst of a crisis and it's primarily because of racism. So to declare racism a public health crisis is admitting the, the misbehaviors in the past of this government. Well, I've got to give shout out to, to Dr. Takesha Everett and the, the entire health equity solutions team over yeah, there, yeah. Uh, really doing the, the yeoman's work on yeah, this. Yeah. So that's anyway. A bad, that's a bad sister right there. That's my that's my buddy. So, all right, so let's jump in. So currently, I don't, I don't need to remind you guys, we've got three vaccines on the line, hopefully uh, soon to have four. We started with Pfizer and then Moderna. And I'm going to group the two of them in, in separately from Johnson & Johnson and AstraZeneca, which we think we'll have uh, within the next month or so. So, so, so first of all, the only reason why we were able to produce a vaccine so quickly, because that used to be the number one cause of any type of concern or anxiety, is because there was a technology, Shay, called uh, the RNA technology. They were using that for probably almost 10 years now but in the cancer space, coming up with a vaccine for cancer, coming up with a cure for cancer. Clearly, they've not finished that work. But when the pandemic hit, we had an abnormal number of people dying because that's the number one cause of death, remember, in 2020. 2020 was the most deadly year we've ever seen in America. And January of this year was the most deadly month we've ever seen in America. So this is this is this is real. I'll say so they So when they let me don't mean to interrupt, but didn't didn't they say that more people die from the flu then? Or is it because of within a certain amount of time they die? Is that what it is? So people die every single year by the tens of thousands from the flu from the flu. Now I've taken care of a number of people uh, who've had the flu. I've not really seen, uh, you know, a number of people die to that degree in my practice for the last 25 years. Um, so, so the flu is real, and I'll kind of circle back to the flu in just a second. So, so on average in America, it takes about six years uh, to produce a vaccine. The flu vaccine, it took about 10. They produced this in less than 12 months. The reason why is because they, they had to do something, had to do something quickly. So I just want the audience to know they didn't skip a step. They didn't jeopardize quality, safety, or efficacy when they produced this. Because of this RNA technology that they were using in the laboratory for the cancer, they shifted and, and used it to produce a vaccine. So they didn't, they weren't starting from scratch. They weren't reinventing the wheel. This RNA technology, the way it works, and let me, let me just, I'm gonna try to make it as simple as possible. The way it works is if you, you've all seen the illustration of a coronavirus. It looks like a circle with these spikes protruding. Yep. So let's say the spike is my arm and then the end of the spike is my hand. The way the coronavirus works is when you inhale or ingest, that's the purpose of the mask. So when somebody tells you you don't need a mask, that's nonsense. When you when, when it has access, and this is the majority of weight, and I mean greater than 95%, you get infected through your nose or your mouth. And again, that's the reason why the mask works. So the coronavirus, that protrusion, that spike protein, that arm and hand, what it does is it grabs onto your cells, it punches the hole, and it deposits its, this is the coronavirus, it deposits its entire RNA into your cell. 
RNA looks at the genetic code of, of so like the instruction manual, your mother and father gave you half each. It reads that genetic code and that's why you, the height you are, the skin color you are. The RNA does the work. It makes the skin cells, it makes your hair cells. When Corona deposits its RNA into your cell, you make more coronaviruses. It hijacks your cell. So that's how you go wow. from one to two, two to four, four to eight, eight to 16, 16, 32, etc. If it takes over the nerves that are responsible for smell, you lose your smell. Wow. Taste, you lose your taste. In your lungs, you get short of breath, you can't exchange oxygen, you need a ventilator, and those are the people that, that die. So that's how the virus works. How does the vaccine work? Well, they were smart scientists. They took this so-called RNA technology, they took a coronavirus to the lab. They took the RNA, the entire strand of RNA, out of the mm. coronavirus. They isolated the, because if you put the entire RNA strand in a human, you're producing an entire coronavirus. So they, mm. took, they took the RNA strand, they found out what part only produced the spike protein, and they took that out of the coronavirus's RNA, and that's what they inject into you. When I say they, I mean Pfizer and Moderna. So when I got my Pfizer vaccine, I had two of them, I'll talk about my, my side effects. So they, I knew they were injecting only a part of the RNA that's responsible for producing the spike protein in its hand into my body. So my cells were hijacked and they started producing spike protein. So now I've got a bloodstream full of spike proteins. Your brain looks at that and says, that's foreign. So you make antibodies to the spike protein so they don't work anymore. So that's my first injection. I get my second injection, and then it, it, and then when I get my second injection, my brain says that looks like coronavirus because they see that spike. Mm. Spike, and mm -hmm. then you get those side effects, which are worse in many cases than the first. And I'll talk about that in a second. But now I've had two injections. I've waited the 14 days after both my injections. I have antibodies in my body to the coronavirus. So if I get, get exposed through through my mouth and my nose the real coronavirus, when the spike proteins of the coronavirus try to grab onto my cells, punch hole, and deposit its entire RNA into my cell, my antibodies are gonna say, stop. Mm. It has an efficacy so of 95%. So that means 95 out of every 100 people who's gotten the Pfizer vaccine, while they still, the, while they still may get infected, just the 5%, because the other 95 cannot. I may still get infected, but I will not get so sick that I'll have symptoms. I need to be hospitalized and I will die. Mm. So, the so that's the difference. Affiliated with the vac with the vaccine is zero. And let me tell you something else: the efficacy for African Americans with Pfizer is one hundred percent. So well, I plan to I, take the Pfizer. I could tell you I, that. I much. just need to tell you that now. So then there's Moderna. Moderna. Moderna works exactly the same way, and it's really a mirror of Pfizer. So they're basically the same, the same vaccines. Let me just end right here with Johnson & Johnson. The difference between Johnson & Johnson, Pfizer, and Moderna is they took a, a virus. Now, this may sound scary, but, but you've had the flu vaccine, and, you've had, and all of you- I've had never. Well, but everybody's had measles, mumps, and rubella. So it's the same technology. They took, a, they took an actual virus, they weakened it, then they use the new technology, the RNA. Then they put the RNA inside of this virus. And, and Moderna, uh, Johnson & Johnson and AstraZeneca used the, the adenovirus, which causes the common cold. It's not a problem. And then they inject the virus inside of you that has the RNA inside of it. And then it goes through the same process. You produce antibodies to the spike protein, and that's how you develop immunity. Of course, Johnson & Johnson is a single shot. Pfizer and Moderna are two shots. Pfizer is 21 days apart. Moderna is 28 days apart. But other than that, they're very effective. And this is the only way we can reach herd immunity 
and the guaranteed way we will not die from coronavirus. I'm gonna take a breath. I, I want to hear from Shay. That's all. I just need well to hear from because uh, there are a couple of things that's on my mind for one. And again, I just want to thank you for being here, Dr. Edie. Um, and if you guys tune in, we are sitting here talking about the vaccine, um, the coronavirus, and what's the best way to tackle it for um, herd immunity. Now, with that being said some of us like myself have never taken the flu virus what in your body are automatic if you saying that we remove masks and start um being in the midst of things so we can create herd immunity humanity um wouldn't our body produce that them antibiotics any back um anybody anybody's um, mm -hmm. without the vaccine, some of us, like, I mean, cause you're saying- it's So, like so, like so in other black. words, if we're already healthy, why are, why are we injecting this stuff in us in order yes, to fight? Cause we're already gonna produce antibodies. So your body only produces antibodies when there's a foreign substance in your blood. Otherwise mm. it won't do it. So, right. so breastfeeding is important, for example, because when you breast, when a mother breastfeeds a newborn, everything she's been exposed to, all the viruses, bacteria, all the antibodies she has, goes through her breast through the milk into the baby and the baby has the mother's immune system until she weans the baby off now the baby has developed its own immune system so unless you've had the coronavirus unless you've had it you don't have antibodies but here's Got the important thing even if you've had it and i need people to take this home with them yes even <laughs> if you've had it someone's saying well if i've had it i already have antibodies i don't need a shot to produce them here's the problem what we know now is that people are getting coronavirus for the second and third time because their their antibodies that they produce to the coronavirus starts to decrease down. Yeah, because I hear you only um immune for uh, what five months, six months. Because my yeah. uncle had it, and that's all he keeps saying. I'm good for five months. Like, dude, you don't know that yet. So, but... so, so tell your uncle, <laughs> tell your uncle to cross out the five months and just use ninety days. Use ninety days. Use all right, 90 I'm days. let him know. And that's why that's why Dr. Fauci says if you've had corona before. Let other people go schedule your appointment for 90 days after you were diagnosed because we know they're going to last for 90 days. I, you know, more longer than that is a stretch. So uncle needs to get, get his appointment, get in line and get vaccinated unless uncle may be one of those three to 4,000 people a day that have an unfortunate outcome when they get corona. And sister, Shay, you're doing so much amazing work. It would be a sad day if, if I was back on with the representative and you weren't with us because you were back on the vaccine. <laughs> Listen, but, remember, but God, God, God create. Check this out. Let me just say this. Let me just say, I know it's your show, but I, this is my personality. No, no, no. We're going to do this. <laughs> Listen, God created the laboratory and the scientists for, for, for times like these. Mm. Yes, he did. And remember, there were African-American women who, who were in charge of the production of the Pfizer and Moderna vaccines. And let me tell you something else. You know, I, I think with so many of us dying every single day, if we're gonna really push back on what's safe and what's not, then let's talk about fried food. Let's talk about pork. Let's talk about it. pop. I don't eat let's it. Let's talk about- I, I don't drink smoking. it. Let's talk about- <laughs> I don't <all> smoke. <laughs> what, whatever you ate for dinner, Shay, and you don't look like a farmer, so I'm just gonna I'm just gonna take it, I'm gonna take a stretch. Whatever you ate for dinner, you don't know what's process, night, yeah. where it came from, really what's in it. You probably didn't read the manual. You don't know if they changed the dates of the expiration dates in the supermarket. 
You don't know all that. You have this inherent amount of trust. And that's why you, you ask God to clean the food before you consume it. Why don't we take that same, whatever you call it, into the into the space where were their vaccines? Right? Because Dr. Edie- Whatever you do to trust the food, if you come to my house and eat, you have no idea what I did to that food. Because Dr. Edie, the most, listen. This is the most transparent <laughs> this country has ever been for medication. So Shay, now I you got, see me, why. I got <laughs> one more thing to say and I promise you. Wait a minute, Dr. Edie, can I just say this? this Not why? until I say this. Not until <laughs> I say this. Check this out. I take a blood pressure medication every single day. If you ask me a question, so don't ask, tell me how that blood pressure medication works. I can barely remember the name of it. And and I, I my, my PCP is a friend and we decided on this medication together. I could not give you a 15 minute explanation on how that medication works. I can, mm. talk, I can talk about the science of these vaccines and the, and the coronavirus for hours without interrupting mm. because I've researched it. I research it every single morning. So I'm very confident and secure and I would have never, ever, ever taken the vaccine or convinced my mother to take the vaccine if I didn't think it was the best thing to do. So, I, you know, and, if, and I prayed to God, silence me and strike me down if what mm. I'm saying to people is not correct and it has not happened yet. So I believe that this is the best for us as a people to do. Get in line, get vaccinated, and let's take this energy to address all the social injustices and the systemic racism, because if not now, then when? And if not us, then who? And if not this, then what? So Dr. Edie, what are you gonna tell the people who haven't even taken the flu vaccine? Well, I haven't taken the flu vaccine. I've never taken that. And I won't. Uh, However, I am gonna take this shot because I I, I just, I don't know, I've been convinced Uh, even reconvinced during this conversation um, on the importance of doing so. But if you want to respond to that, please. I'm 50, 50, 50. I will never, ever, ever spend uh, time researching. Literally, I wake up around four in the morning. I I start researching the newest and greatest information on this pandemic and the vaccine. I've never done that for the flu vaccine. I will never do that for the flu vaccine. But let me just tell you, the flu vaccine has an efficacy of 50%. That's why Dr. Fauci, Dr. Fauci said early on, if we get a vaccine that just has an efficacy of 50%, I'm good to go. The, the, listen, the, the efficacy here for Pfizer or according to Pfizer, not eating, has an efficacy for African-Americans of 100%. Moderna is north of 95%. And then mm. AstraZeneca, I mean, Johnson & Johnson is the high 80%. Now, one may look at Johnson Johnson as if it's inferior, but let me just quickly tell you why that number looks lower. Highly recommended by the CDC right now, but go ahead. And if I can do it all over again, I will probably get the Johnson and Johnson. Yeah. (laughs) But the reason why AstraZeneca, I'm sorry, the reason why Pfizer and Moderna have a higher efficacy number than Johnson and Johnson is only because Johnson and Johnson was put up against the mutation, the UK, mm. South African. So it, it brought it down a little bit. Remember, Pfizer and Moderna was not was not tested for the UK at that time. And so they're going to be releasing the new number, the new efficacy, now that they're testing against the, the variants or the mutation. And I'm pretty sure it's going to land around 85%. So they're all very equivalent, a little different mm. science to some degree. I tell people, you know, just take whatever's in front of you, but take it as quickly as you can so that you can live a longer and healthier life just as God intended. All right. Sister Shay. 
Listen, I appreciate you. I appreciate the passion. I'm not going to lie. You made me thinking about this thing. Uh, I said thinking about this thing. That's a, you know, that's that's a start. You know what I'm saying? So um, well, at I, least I at least know, now you're thinking because before I, it was I am hard thinking no. before it was like no, don't talk to me. If I got to mm -hmm. fly, I'm not going to lie. If they took my flying privileges. I'll probably be first one in line getting the vaccine. I, I'm not going to lie. I love to travel the world. So I do know that there is conversations in reference to that. Yeah, um, yeah. I want to thank you for the passion that you have um, given us to educate us on why we should do this and and i and, and i i know i joke a lot and all jokes aside um i understand now and i'm able to to get the gist of it because myself being a believer of that okay why should i inject myself with something that i that is not needed and i haven't had it you know or if i did i don't know you know once again i'm someone that's never had the flu never had the flu shot you know and so many other things i never even had a chicken pot shot i did get chicken pops i was one of the ones that was put in the room with my sister ended up in the hospital for three weeks with chicken pop so i understand so when you talk about herd humanity um i'm sorry i don't know why i can't get this out yes humanity. <laughs> humanity but it's like humanity. i get it now Ask I me to say, ask me to say, what's that peanut? Pistachio. 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 So we all have our words is what I'm Yes. Um, but Shay, let, me, so, let, let me add this on before we close out. Uh, yes. For the sake of time's sake. Yeah, I usually start off with, with a, a, a quote, and, and I really want to read this. And I took this from an article from the Washington Post uh, titled, The Pathology of American uh, Racism. Um, and basically, the title, or at least what the article was intended to say, was the pathology of American racism is making the pathology of the coronavirus worse. Yes. And that was authored by Stacy Patton. My commentary on this, McGee's commentary, is that Black people are, the, uh, are, are at the mercy of everything that is flawed and dysfunctional about America's healthcare system, which has long been shaped by racism. So it's just an under sort of lining of what the good doctor has shared with us earlier on in our conversation. And I, again, like to echo my, my colleague, Shay, Thank you, Dr. Edie, for, for the work that you continue to do um, and your commitment to educating us in a way where it's not combative, but you're saying, I hear you, I understand you, but let me help you to understand why. And you're breaking and, it down for us a yeah, lot better. And this is this is so important. So again, I thank you for um, joining us inside the room yes. uh, and, and, and really breaking this down. Uh, Dr. Thank Edie, you, you so much. Yeah, yes. I love the close. So, yeah, so everything you, you both just said uh, to summarize uh, this experience we had, which I enjoyed, and I wish we had a lot more time, um, it proves my point. Uh, you know, w w when we have conversations with people that look like us, that think like us, that have ethnicities like us, meaning cultural uh, ways of doing things like, the, like us, um, and, and you provide the explanation the way they deserve to get it, and then you change their mind, so they start thinking about like Shay. That's not hesitancy. Mm. That that's 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 a sign and a symptom of poor communication. Otherwise, about this pandemic, about the coronavirus, and about the vaccine. And and and, and the more I talk to people who think like me and look like me, um, because for some degree they will trust me just because of my phenotype, because of the way I look. The, the, 
you know, saying something. I was going to say from who it come from, too. But in, in defense of, of the past, you got to think about what they gave us. They gave us nothing. I knew about coronavirus in December. The people heard about it in March. Like, you got to think about the information that was given. So, yes, they are skeptic about the information now. However, whoever's delivering, like yourself, based on your skin, is more reciprocated. So, I get it. That's true. Perfect. And your, your show is 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 creating a venue another venue by which we can get that message out so that we can get people vaccinated and put this stuff in the past so thank you all for the work you do and uh, if i'm ever invited back i'll make myself available because this is important stuff plus i want to be down with the two of you because you, you listen obviously when that second shot you coming back after the second shot when well, i'm gonna i'm gonna record my first shot and, yeah. and let people know you know the importance of it and i'm going tomorrow so um, and then I'll do the second one and, and when I'll- When is your I'll, second shot, Dr. Edie? You already took it? I've had my shot? took it. Okay, oh, yeah. all right, cool, okay. Listen, so I, we have to bring back, I, maybe I when I take the shot. I coronavirus, period. I'm good Period. Period. Well, Dr. Edie, please let the people know how we can keep up with everything you're saying. Where's this information um, so we can get a little bit more. Follow um, your, your message as well. So listen, I, everything I'm doing, I'm doing it in, in partnership with uh, Representative McGee. So following his, his social media <laughs> presence uh, is, is my advice and my recommendation. He knows how to contact me. I'm at your disposal. I'm talking to the entire planet. Oh yeah. Uh, but, but like Moses, you know, there's a special need for, for people that look and think like me. So I got you back. I will be there uh, as needed. And I, if I don't know the answer, I promise you, I get it within 24 hours. I believe you, Dr. Edie. I definitely, I got confident in you right now. I think I might call you right before I get ready to take the shot. I don't know. I might need some words of encouragement. Forget the, Send uh, the me a message. Plane ticket. I'll, I'll come and stand in line with you, Mr. <laughs> well, thank you so oh. much for joining us today. I appreciate you. You guys keep it locked. Don't go nowhere. It's your girl, Shay McCray.